Has God been good to you this week? That sounded like half the room. God's been good to half the room. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Do me a favor. Uh, look at your neighbor. Tell him God's good and find your seat. Give him a handshake. You don't have to say God is good, but you know. We like to celebrate how good God is. I tell you what, you guys look beautiful today. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Adam Harold, and my incredible wife, Tanya, and I have the privilege of leading this community that we call The Refuge. We do it together, and uh, it's one of our greatest joys in this life. We love, love, love serving Jesus alongside of you. And if you're new here, you've never been here before, or you're visiting, or you, maybe you've been here for a while and you, you've never filled out our connection card, there's a card in front of you. If you fill that out, I will send you a card in the mail and just say thank you for your time. You've, you are being so generous today. And the reason you're being generous is because you can never get more time. You can always get more money. You can always get other resources, but you can never get more time. So thank you so much for sharing your most valuable resource with us. We do not take it lightly that you take about 60 to 70 minutes, 75 minutes, 80 minutes sometimes, and you share that time with us. It is, it is a privilege and a joy that you share your time with us, so thank you. If you want to share more than your time with us, you can donate to the Refuge Church, you can tithe to the Refuge Church, you can give an offering to the Refuge. One of three ways, we don't pass a plate at the Refuge. I've had a cold this week, I'm not gonna pass it to anybody. All right, we're not passing a plate. But um, you can give by either texting 77296 you text WHM in a dollar amount, then they'll send you a prompt and you can fill out all your bank information and things like that. You can drop it in the black box on your way out. There's two black boxes in the common area and you can find one of those. And also if you take that card that you're gonna fill out if you're visiting with us for the first time and you drop it in one of those boxes too, or you can take it to guest services and they'll give you a gift for, for that card that you filled out. Or you can go to refugemain.church slash give and give a donation online. We promise you that every gift given goes to furthering the, the gospel, goes to sharing the message that we're gonna talk about later today, goes to, to propel that so that the world will know that Jesus is Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, What a privilege it is to call you Father. Lord, I thank you that we can gather together today in the name of the Lord Jesus, that we can worship you, and that you share your presence with us. Father, thank you for being here. We invite the Holy Spirit into this place that he would move fresh and new and that people that do not know you or that people that have gotten far from you, that they would return their hearts to their father where it belongs.
Father, thank you for every person that gives this morning. Lord, I pray a blessing of abundance on their home. Lord, you don't, you don't bless us because we give. You bless us anyway. So, Father, we just, we just give back to you the way that you've already put breath in our lungs and you've already been so generous to us. God, we give back to you today. We love you. We pray that you be with this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. and welcome to the Refuge News, where we keep you up to date with all the exciting things happening around here. First off, we had an amazing turnout at our Refuge High interest meeting last week, and we are so excited about what's in store for the Refuge youth. Monthly events and weekly crews all can't happen without your help. Our first youth night event will be announced soon, but until then we are assembling a team of adults who are willing to be the person they wish that they had when they were in high school. If you're interested in getting involved, we are actively looking for youth crew leaders and event volunteers. Visit refugemainchurch refugehigh to sign up or to get more information. We hope you'll invite your friends and neighbors as the Refuge Church turns into a zoo. Join us on October 29th from 2 to 5 p.m. for Boo at the Zoo. Kids can trick or treat at animal enclosures and enjoy special activities in our exhibits. Volunteers and candy are needed. To sign up to create an enclosure or exhibit space similar to Trunks at Trunk or Treat, visit refugemain.church boo. You can continue to bring your candy donations to guest services throughout the month. Also, don't miss out on this amazing season of small groups. We're not meant to do life alone and small groups are the best way to get connected and build lasting relationships. It's not too late to join in. Head over to refugemain.church groups and check out one of our big idea groups that help you expand on the message from each Sunday or one of our interest-based groups like Healthy Humans, Board Games with the Boys, or Campfires and S'mores with Vermont. There's something for everyone. Sign up today. And finally, if you're looking to get more involved in your church, join us directly after service for 7-Minute Head Start to learn more about the refuge and how you can put your unique gifts to use for His glory. Look for any one of our amazing Dream Team members to direct you to the lounge to get started. There are tons of exciting things happening here at The Refuge. If you missed anything or need more details, visit guest services near the entrance for more info. We'll see you next week with more exciting news. For now, enjoy the service. I'm so glad to have the news back. Are you glad to have the news back? It's been so good. Well, thank you guys so much for being here this morning. And uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to... Uh, to be in the finale of a series that we've been calling White Flag. It's been a five-week series, although it was really just four. We had a little bit of a break in between with a guest speaker, and uh, it was a, a great, great week. It's been a good series. I hope you've enjoyed Have you enjoyed this series? I uh, hope you've enjoyed this series, and because uh, I've, I've really enjoyed uh, sharing it with you. And um, it's one of my, you know, the greatest privilege that I have is being your pastor, and the second greatest privilege I have is sharing God's word. And what's what's incredible is that God's word always speaks. It always speaks. And the fact is, is that we all have the the same privilege, is that we get to we get to all share God's word with each other. And um my friend Brian and I, uh, Brian is a guy that 
is a friend that's become a friend, close friend. And uh, he, we're in this relationship where we just talk about God's word. And I hope, I hope that you have friends that you can talk about God's word with. I hope that your week goes on and that this isn't the only time that you look to God's word. It's precious. In the I get choked up thinking about the the privilege that it is to know it, to read it, to understand it, to dive into it, dig. It's a wealth of knowledge. What other book can you read over and over and over again and discover something new every time you read it? Every single time I open God's word, I discover treasure. And the word that God's given me for today is straight from his word that I believe that, that he showed it to me this week. This week, I wrestled with God's word, wrestled with it. And I hope that as you, as you get into God's word every single week, I hope that there, comes, there, there becomes moments that you wrestle with it. Because, because when you wrestle with God's word, you get to know it. And, and, and the, the things that God shows you, you hold closer to your heart and because you've wrestled with it. And, and the, the only thing that we have to be cautious of when we wrestle with God's word is that we wrestle with it without questioning it. We have to come to God's word with faith because that's what activates it. That's what makes it alive. And so when you come to it with faith, knowing that it's true, you don't question it. And it is an absolute joy that we get to share God's word together today. I'm so excited for what God has shown me. So this is week four of a series that we've called White Flag. And um, week one, we talked just a real quick review uh, I've done some more thorough reviews in the previous weeks, which, by the way, if you miss any of our messages, you can go back to refugemain.church, and you can listen to our messages there, um, or you can go to iTunes. Um, the easiest way to find it, uh, and I hate this, but the easiest way to find it in iTunes, if you, go, uh, if you type in the podcast portion, Adam Harold, uh, my name, you can find it a lot easier, because there's other refuge churches and things like that, and it's a little confusing. Uh, and, uh, and so if you, if you want to find our messages, you can just look up my name and you'll find it easier. Um, so week one, we talked about the proof that, that the Apostle Paul gives in 2 Timothy chapter 2 of, of surrender. And, and in 2 Timothy chapter 2, the Apostle Paul is writing to his protege, Timothy. And he writes to him and he says, teach people to endure suffering. You know, what's, what's incredible to me is we've done a series on this whole chapter, and we've never once read the word su surrender. 
But the, the message title is, or the, the series title is White Flag. It's all about surrender. And so you're not going to read the word surrender in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2. But Paul says, teach people to endure suffering. And that's where surrender comes in. We, in order to endure suffering, we can't surrender. But we have to surrender to God. We have to submit to him. And so that's where we've gotten the idea of surrender. The Apostle Paul mentions three proofs or three examples of surrender. People that lived with surrender, the, the soldier, the, the athlete, and the farmer. All three lived with surrender in mind. We talked about that in week one. Week two, we talked about the problem of surrender, why people don't surrender. And the reason people don't surrender is because we fail to prioritize properly. We don't prioritize the way God wants us to. And so week three, we got into last week, we talked about the process of surrender. The big idea for last week was um, God's word plus handling God's word correctly equals the process. We have to handle God's word properly. We have to handle it the way that he wants us to. Part, part of what I just said a minute ago, by having the faith that it's true before we read it, is handling it properly. Um, this week, as I, as I sat down to study, um, <laughs> I actually started to think, man, I wish I would have said that last week. Well, the good news is I'm preaching this week, too. So I get to, I get to say what I wanted to last week. I get to say it this week. And I call it the exclamation mark on last week. And as I, was, as I, I delivered the, the message last week, the whole idea was that the word is a part of the process, that handling God's word is a part of the process. Again, God's word plus our handling of the word is the process. Let me put an exclamation on, mark on last week. John chapter 1, verse 1 through 4, a verse that I wish I would have read last Sunday. But read, read it with me, if you would. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning. Who existed in the beginning? The word. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. Again, who's he talking about? He's talking about the word still. If you read this, um, with uh, a translation that doesn't have all capital letters, that word, the word word is, is capitalized because it symbolizes a name through him and, and nothing was created except through him. Verse four, the word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to men. I want you to know this morning that the process of putting God's word first is putting Jesus first. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the process. And if you're here today and you don't know him, we want you to. In fact, we don't just want you to. He wants you to. And... and, and I just pray that every person that ever steps foot in this room doesn't leave here without at least wanting to know Jesus. 
And then that want and that desire, because what the word teaches us is that when we want and we desire, we seek him with our whole heart, we'll find him. So if you could just leave here wanting to know Jesus, you will find him, I promise you. But you have to want it with all your heart. And so that's my exclamation on last week's message. Now I can preach this week's message. I feel a lot better about that. Today I want to talk to you about the progress that surrender brings. The progress that surrender brings in our lives. The word is the process. Jesus is the process that leads us to progress. Jesus is the priority. Okay, let me go back. Jesus is the priority that leads us to the process that gives us progress. But Jesus has to be the priority. He has to. And so 2 Timothy chapter 2 is where we've been at. Uh, and by the way, if you want to follow along in today's notes, you can follow along in the YouVersion Bible app. Um, the screen on my side will tell you how you can follow along with those. Those are all available for you today. Um, before we really dive into this scripture, I, I love just asking God to reveal to us through his word what he wants for us today. Can we do that? Can we ask God to do that? Father in heaven, I thank you for the word that is Jesus. I thank you that we can call on the name of the Lord and be saved. That when we open your word, that it exposes us. Father, I thank you that the word is alive, it's active, it's quicker than any two-edged sword. Piercing our soul and spirit. And Father, I pray that today you would pierce our soul and spirit dividing the two, allowing us to see that our spirit is dead without Jesus. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone in this room that has never called on the name of the Lord, that they would be saved and their spirit would re be revived this morning. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. I thank you for this room full of people, something that we could never do on our own. You have done. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. We said last Sunday that Paul starts with what? He starts with identity. He starts by saying, Timothy, my dear son, because I've shown you your identity in Jesus. I can call you my son. And when, when my identity is in Jesus, then everyone that I pour into as a son, people that call me their spiritual father, I point to their identity being in Jesus. And he's saying your identity is in Jesus. He is the priority that leads to a process that will give us progress. This morning, we're gonna talk about the progress. I wrestled with 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19 through 21 this week. We'll read it together. Let's read it together. <clears throat> but God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone. With this inscription, 
The Lord knows those who are his. God knows you if you are his or not. You can't fool him. You might fool your family. You can't trick God. He knows who is his. Keep reading. And all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. Verse 20. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are used for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use for every good work. When I wrestled with this this, this, this week, I discovered that what the Apostle Paul is referring to in verse 19 had already been said. What, what did Paul start out with in verse 19? He says, God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone. So then what does Paul do? He's so brilliant because he then goes on to point to God's word. And so the translation that I just read says, the Lord knows those who are his. But what we don't understand is that God had already said this way back in the book of Numbers, which is in the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures, the scriptures that the Jews would have studied. And so he refers to Numbers chapter 16, verse 4 through 7. There's a story about this man by the name of Korah. Korah was questioning Moses and Aaron's leadership. They said what they were saying was that Moses and Aaron had put themselves above God. And, 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 and so Korah like stirs up this, this discord between the children of Israel. And this is what Numbers 16, 4 through 7 says. When Moses heard what they were saying, he fell face down on the ground. Then he said to Korah and his followers, tomorrow morning, the Lord will show us who belongs to him, him and who is holy. The Lord will allow those whom he selects to enter his own presence. Korah, you and all your followers must prepare for incense burners, light fires in them tomorrow, and burn incense before the Lord. Then we will see whom the Lord chooses as the holy one. You Levites, and the Levites were the priests, by the way. You Levites are the ones that have gone too far. Now, why would the Apostle Paul reference this story of Korah when he's writing to Timothy about teaching people to endure suffering? And the reason the Apostle Paul, it's so brilliant to me, because remember what he said, the word is the, the cornerstone. The truth of the word is, is, is the cornerstone. God's truth is, is the foundation But if you think about last Sunday, the verses that we read, we read about these two men by the name of, of Hymenius and Philetus. Paul references them earlier in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, what was it, Philetus and Hymenius? I hate Greek names. I tell you what. It should just be, his name should have just been hideous instead of Hymenius. 
But what were these two guys doing? They were teaching that the resurrection um, wasn't literal. And so, so he's calling out these two men. Paul is calling out these two men saying, you're not teaching the word properly, but God's truth is the foundation. It's the cornerstone. And you can't fool God. So he points this out. And he says, the Lord knows who are his. But then it's not the only Old Testament reference that he makes. Because later on in verse 19, he says, all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. There he's referencing Isaiah chapter 52, verse 11. He said, get out, where the English translation that I read, get out. <clears throat> get out and leave your captivity. Where everything you touch is unclean. Where everything you touch is evil. Get out and out of there and purify yourselves. Turn away from evilness. You are carrying home the sacred objects of the Lord. And so Paul references these two, these two Old Testament truths to prove that God's truth is the cornerstone, it's the foundation. And what happens when you compare Scripture with Scripture all the time, all throughout, it always stands firm. God's word is true. You can question it all you want to, but it always stands to be true. God's truth stands firm like the foundation stone. God's word always flows together. I love how it flows together. And I love how I can read it over and over and over again, and it shows me new things every single time. I really like how the message paraphrase puts um, verses 20 through 21, because after Paul establishes that, that God's truth is foundational, he goes on and he mentions these utensils in this, this house. He says a great house has gold and silver utensils and, and also wood and clay utensils. Some are used for honor and some are used for dishonor. I love how the message puts verse 20 through 21. I want to read it for you because this is kind of where I began to wrestle with scripture. I was like, but God, like, are you saying that some people are more valuable than others? Are you saying that, that, that some are, are like, are the gold, like, this is where my mind went. Are the gold and silver ones the Christians? Are they the ones that have followed Jesus? And the, the wood and the clay, are, are, are you saying that those are, are going to burn in, in hell? Are you, are you, like, who belongs to you? And, and, and I, sometimes, confession time, right? Sometimes I like to play God. And I like to decide who gets to go to heaven. Am I the only one? Am I the only one that does that? Well, they must not really be, be a Jesus follower. Well, they must not be going to heaven. And I found myself reading the scripture saying, God, who's who? And I love what God showed me. Look at the message version paraphrase of uh, verse 20 and 21. In a well-furnished kitchen, 
there are not only crystal goblets and well and silver platters, but waste cans and compost buckets. Some containers used to serve fine meals, others to take out the garbage. Become the kind of container that God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guest for their blessing. What a beautiful picture. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a garbage can. I want to be the fine crystal that God is able to use whenever. But what God had to show me this week was that even the garbage can has a place. And even the garbage can belongs in the kitchen. Let me show you how he showed it to me. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, God re- reminded me of a scripture that I had read as a, as a kid. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15 says this. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now, other build, others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. No one can lay any foundation other than the one already we already have, who is who? Jesus Christ. You can lay your foundation on Jesus. He goes on and says, anyone who builds on that foundation, who's the foundation? Jesus. Anyone who builds on the foundation may use a variety of materials. Here are the materials. Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, and straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work the builder has done. The fire will show if the person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through the wall of flames. The reason I don't want to be a garbage can is because I don't want to barely pass by. I don't want to barely get through. I don't want to get to heaven by the skin of my teeth. I want to be the vessel that God says, Adam, I have a very important guest coming. And I want to get you out to provide the meal. My conclusion, and I, I'm just going to say it. My conclusion is very harsh in some ways. Because I understand now that there are, yes, there are two types of people in this world. People that give their heart to follow Jesus and people that, that don't. The people that don't give their heart to follow Jesus, there is a destination with their name on it. And it's one of eternal separation from, from God, the God that loves them so much. And it's a place called torment, the Bible says. 
And there is a price to not receiving Jesus as your savior. But then there are two other types of people. People that receive Jesus and those that are used for his glory and for his kingdom and that know the price that God paid for their soul was the blood of his son Jesus. And that live their lives following him because they know of why they were saved. They know the price that God paid for them. So they'll do anything to serve it. And then there are those that receive Jesus and just barely get by. But God showed me this week why they barely get by. The two words that I read are those that are honorable and those that are dishonorable. The translation that I used used the, the terms expensive utensils and cheap utensils. Personally, I don't, I don't like the English translation, which is usually, usually the case with the, the English language. It just kind of falls short a lot of times, in my opinion. But the original language that Paul writes this in is the language known as, as Greek. And in, in the Greek, the words that he uses explain it a lot better than English does. The first word for the word honorable was the word time. Time is translated to mean value by which the price is fixed. It's not like gasoline. It doesn't go up and down and up and down and up and up and up and up. It's fixed. It's set. And it stays there. And it is the price of the blood of Jesus Christ. It is honorable. The second word is the word atomia. And atomia just means dishonorable, but what... God showed me was that another word that we use to translate the word atomia is the word shame. And there are people that live, that have received Jesus, that live their lives as if God has bought them with a price. Their soul had a price tag on it, and it said, the blood of your only son, Jesus. And God said, there is no price too much to pay for my son or my daughter. But then there are people that get caught because in their shame, in their sin, they, they get caught feeling the shame of what they've done. How in the world can God use me? Because God knows what I've done. And what I've done is despicable. And what I've done, I don't deserve to be used by him. So he's not going to use me. I want you to know that's a lie from the devil. That God is able to use anyone in spite of their sin. 
In the book of Genesis, one of the first emotions that Adam and Eve felt because of their sin, the Bible says they hid themselves because they felt great shame. Anytime Satan can get us to feel shame for what we've done, he has us right where he wants us. Because shame is an inhibitory emotion, meaning that it paralyzes us. It stops us dead in our tracks. And I want you to know that there is no sin that wasn't bought with the price of Jesus. That he bought your soul with a price. Here's what that means for us. We can live our lives like it has value. We can serve a God that says to us, I want to use you for anything. Did I give you today's big idea? I don't know if I did. The big idea for today is the progress of surrender leads us to being willing to be willing for God to use you however he wants. When I, when I surrender my life to Jesus, I'm willing for him to use me however he wants, meaning that I'm willing to not get stuck in the shame of my sin and what I have done because I see that he has bought me with a price. This past week, I... Uh, I sat down with my, my counselor, which, geez, I feel like every week now I'm talking about my time with my counselor, which, which means that it's, it's valuable, right? I'm learning, and um, what I'm learning, I want to share. This last week, as I was talking with him, he's, he's a biblical counselor, which I highly recommend. And um, he shared a story with me about a, a preacher that, that did this. And I want to do it with, with us. And you can do it where you sit or you, you don't have to just do it in your mind. We said, Adam, I want you to hold up your hands. And I want you to place them. If, if, if God is your left hand, and you are your right. Right now, in this moment, maybe when you walk through these doors, where, where do you feel like you are to God? And so, you know, I hold up my hand. I go here, here. I don't know. You say... All right, now let me ask you another question. When you receive Jesus, as your savior, where were you? And I was like, ah, right there. He said, what happened to make you think that you're over here? You see, Hebrews 13.5 teaches us 
that he will never leave you or forsake you. He never separates himself from you. So what happens is we get this mindset that what we do, that our performance has to do with the closeness of God. But if we seek him with our whole heart, he finds us. And so what happens? You ready for this? We sin and we go, we think we go this way and God goes. You can't get away from his love. He's always right here. There's nothing that you have done to make you go all the way over here because he's bought you with the price. And the blood of Jesus is the glue that holds us to him. And you have great value. My favorite Bible story, this is, this is very well known. My favorite Bible story is the story of the prodigal son. And the reason for that is because I, I just, I see God's, God's love all over it. And the prodigal son and the pigs, he, he's with the pigs in the story. If you know the story, if you don't know the story, it's found in Luke chapter 15. You can go and read it later today. The prodigal's in the, the pig pen, and he's desperate, desperate to go home to be with the father. And he says, I'll go to home and I'll say to my dad, I've sinned against heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me your servant so that I can live, so that I can earn a place in your house. But then the prodigal goes home. He returns. He sees the father running to him. And he sees the love of the father. And he says to him, dad. I've sinned against heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And he never says, make me a servant. Because God wants us to know that we don't have to earn his love. That is freely given. Christians, stop living your lives based on what you do. Live your life with the identity that you have in Jesus because that which you are is how you behave. That which you are is why you behave that way. Stand on your feet, I wanna pray with you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thanks for putting up with my eighth grade voice this morning as I crack. you held up your hand in your mind where were you where were you if you've given your heart to Jesus he hasn't moved he's always been right there but what happens is we sin 
and we become paralyzed by our sin, not because God can't use us in spite of our sin, but because we feel like we're unworthy. I want you to know today that you are worthy of being used by God, that you are honorable, that you're not a trash can, that you're a silver platter. If you've never received Jesus, I want you to know that his love for you is so great that you will never find a love like his. Do me a favor, close your eyes. Right where you sit. In a moment, we're gonna we're gonna allow you to come forward and pray. I'm even gonna stand up front. But we've got my friend Dave up here that would love to pray with you. However, it is that God is speaking to you to pray, to, to come to him with. But if you've never received Jesus as your savior, there is no greater decision that you can make today than to place your faith in Jesus. If you've never done that, I wanna give you an opportunity to do that. In order to give you an opportunity to do that, I wanna ask, If you'd like to put your faith in Jesus today, would you do me a favor? Would you acknowledge it just by slipping up your hand so I can see it? I see it. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. I see your hand. You're loved. You're loved by the creator of the universe. If you raise your hand, I want to invite you to say this prayer. Right where you say, it's not the words you say, it's the belief in your heart. Say, God, I come to you, and I know I need you because of my sin. I ask by the blood of Jesus that was shed for me that you would forgive me of my sin, that you would come into my life and give me a new identity that is Jesus. Help me to live for you and for you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, we'd invite you to fill out the card in front of you and just to mark that on the card. But we're gonna sing a song. And I want you to know that there is no sin that is too great for God to use you. Come to him today. The invitation is to come to him and to just allow him to use you however he sees fit.